Welcome to Get Rich Without Being a Bitch. This is the place to hear real and raw conversations about what it takes for female entrepreneurs to achieve financial success and live a rich life. I'm Vanessa Shaw, author of The Million Dollar Question and your hostess for this podcast. So in today's episode, I'm going to be sharing with you my own real and raw money story and some of the things I discovered that were let's say, percolating underneath the surface of my awareness that was really causing a lot of problems for me. And it actually took me to lose a pretty significant contract in my business. And I lost about 85% of my revenue pretty much overnight. Uh, It was wiped out. And when I lost that contract, I found myself very close to bankruptcy. It was actually my Swiss accountant at the time that told me, became, you know, brought this to my awareness and said to me, you know, Vanessa, if you don't turn things around, you're actually going to have to close down this business. Uh, There was very little money left. There were bills to be paid. And at that time, I actually had no game plan for how I was even going to start to replace the contract that I'd lost. And, you know, how was I going to, how was I going to basically make it all happen? But far worse than that was, I mean, that was, that was pretty that was pretty significant, was also just the, the embarrassment I was feeling, the shame, the guilt. How could I put my family through this? I looked on the outside at the time as if I had my act together. I'd actually, my, my coaching practice had taken off very, very quickly. I know I looked to all intents and purposes very successful on the outside, clients all over Europe, you know, flying around to all these different countries, you know, my my wardrobe had increased, you know, I, I was looking, you know, fancy dresses, great shoes and all the kind of accessories, our lifestyle had increased. And so it really looked like I just kind of got it all all figured out, right? And when I lost that contract, as I say, I felt stupid. I was like, how the heck could I have actually had that level of success and now be staring at this massive money mess and really no idea of how I was going to turn it all around? What I was soon to discover, though, was that What was happening to me went way beyond the not looking at my financials, not knowing my numbers in the business. And I started to get curious about what else was going on. What else had possibly caused this? And it turned out that I had a pretty dysfunctional relationship with money. That that was one of the first things I discovered. I'd never even thought about, you know, the fact that even we have a relationship with money. I would have never used those terms back then. But it was like a relationship. And in my case, it was pretty dysfunctional. It was what I would have called a love-hate relationship. I really loved having money. And I loved the confidence that money gave me. I loved the new choices that were available to you know, when I had more money, the experiences that it would offer, as I say, this upgraded lifestyle, the travel and all the rest of it that I was enjoying. Um, But I didn't seem to be very good at keeping much of it. I was pretty good at spending it. And then I hated, really hated the stress that I associated with money when I didn't have enough of it. Um, particularly when I didn't know how to get more of it, right, create more of it in my life and in my business. And then when I would find myself struggling or juggling to pay bills or, you know, just making, you know, trying to make ends meet. Or one of the things that I really, really didn't enjoy was when I couldn't, I feel very constrained when I couldn't make the choices 
that I wanted to make. So this love-hate relationship for me was really percolating underneath the surface. And then I started to actually look even deeper and look really at the earlier years of my life and get I got curious, honestly, about those early experiences that I had around money. Now, at the time, I was also working with a coach uh, over here in the States. Her name is Kendall Summerhawk. She was amazing at helping women kind of uncover a lot of their money stories and, and really look at this mess and untangle all of those loose ends. And I'm so deeply grateful for Kendall's work that she has been you know, dedicated to now for many, many years in her business. Because honestly, I don't think I would have worked this out by myself. Right? It, I really needed somebody else to guide me through that process. And so the things that we started to discover when I looked back over my own money story were some of those early childhood experiences. I distinctly remember and still remember to this day my parents fighting over money and there being a lot of stress in the household around money. My mum was uh, very often stressed out about money. She would sit at the dining room table with her budget and trying to work out, you know, where she could allocate funds. There was a family of six that she was essentially running and was responsible for, uh, yet she wasn't earning money. My father was the breadwinner and he wasn't good with money. In fact, he was a spender and, you know, the minute the paycheck came in, he was only too happy to go down to the local pub, uh, an Irishman and, you know, buy rounds of beers and everything for him and his friends down there. And my mum was left trying, you know, worrying about this. And as I say, trying to put food on the table for four, for four hungry kids. Um, my, you know, my parents actually later divorced and my father stopped paying child support for me and my younger brother. Again, that's a part of my money story that was being very, very painful. I remember that as, you know, as I was 12 years old when that happened. And for me, I really equated that if my father didn't want to pay child support for me, it just meant that he didn't love me. In my, in my mind, I really just couldn't understand it. Um, it's something I've really struggled with for many, many years. And then again, it was also seeing the battles that my mother had to then go through again, to get, you know, money, child su support for kids when she was at that point on a relatively low teacher salary. I also recall as well from a young age, you know, really struggling with maths growing up. And I found it not only struggling to understand maths and the way it was taught, um, but also found it incredibly boring as well. It just for me, it was like, it was like, almost like looking at Chinese on the, on a blackboard. And because this was the days when we had chalk and blackboards. And I remember sitting at the you know back of the classroom, really not understanding it, struggling. Um, the teacher that taught it, I won't say her name now, but I can actually still, I can still see her. I can remember her. She was like an old granny. I mean, she really was. I swear she was 80. Uh, she probably wasn't, but that's what she seemed like. And, you know, be spectacled and kind of wore frumpy dresses. And so that just added to the, the boringness of maths lessons. But what was even worse was if I ever asked questions and I didn't understand, she would actually throw chalk at us. I mean, I'd, I'd like to think that that doesn't happen in schools nowadays. But yeah, that's that was my experience of it. So not understanding led to more humiliation for me. I also was really aware growing up uh, that other people had more money 
more money than us. <laughs> that was something I was really aware of. And in my family, there were actually some relatives very close to, to us that had more money. And so I experienced that growing up and actually really enjoyed it. Um, this is my actually my favorite aunt and uncle still to this day, absolutely my favorites. I've got an amazing relationship with them. Um, they're probably completely unaware of perhaps, you know, my experiences around this and how they were such a key, key part, honestly, in me you know, changing my own money story and then going on to, you know, build a successful and financially thriving business for myself. But, you know, growing up, we would spend time together and uh, got many, many happy memories of spending summers together and visiting. And they always had just beautiful homes. Everything was just really well put together, always stylish, kind of felt like the latest and the greatest of things. My aunt was always just, you know, worn beautiful clothes, very well put together. They drove nice cars, had great vacations. And interestingly enough, one of, you know, and I really thought back to those experiences, there actually was a lot of ease and a lot of fun in their household too. I mean, again, these are still, you know, beloved, beloved relations of mine, really, really close. And I always recall that, that there seemed to be this level of stress in my household growing up, but yet I'd go and visit them and there was a level of ease and this level of, of fun and just, you know, that anything was possible. It was really a, a place of possibility. And certainly at a very early age, I remember asking my mother about this. You know, I'd figured out that there was a difference and that they had a different lifestyle to us. Uh, this is my mother's sister. And I do remember asking a question very early on. Um, and my mother responded something to the effect of, well, people like us just don't have that type of money or people like us just don't get to have that type of money. And it was probably a throwaway comment, um, you know, probably said to just kind of quieten me down and obviously reflective perhaps of, you know, something that my mother believed at that time. But those words really landed for me. And I, I really took them on for the next decades in my life until such time as I would actually be growing a business is that was a massive limiting belief that was hiding out beneath the surface of everything else that I was doing. And, you know, like all these things, they actually gain momentum. When we don't shine the light on them, they gain momentum. And I think that, for me, really morphed into a, a kind of bigger story of doesn't matter how hard I work or how hard I try, I'm never going to get ahead, I'm never going to get the things I want or the lifestyle that I want, right? And so all of these early experiences and beliefs were buried within me until that day when my accountant told me that I was going to go bankrupt. So, okay, right, fast forward, and this is probably, you know, this would have been a journey now at this point of probably several months between, you know, in terms of the timeline of me working with this, with a, you know, a, a, you know, a new coach, I was studying her, I was listening to what she was, you know, what she was teaching in the world, I was taking it on, I was doing these exercises for myself, I was gaining a lot more awareness around this and kind of the relationship with money parts. Um, but now I had a whole load of awareness. It was like, okay, now what, right? Now, now what do I do with that? And then I was actually about to discover a whole load more that was going on for me. So 
the truth is I wanted to be able to generate more money and I wanted to be able to keep more of it as well. I was sick and tired of the financial stress. I was sick and tired of this kind of emotional, what I would call the emotional and financial roller coaster that I would find myself on. That, you know, emotionally I would feel really great when the money was coming in and things were flowing. And the minute it wasn't, you know, emotionally I would feel really off and experience a lot of stress with it. And I discovered um, a tool called, you know, a, a financial set point um, that, again, we all have this financial set point that's very, you know, unconscious, but it's basically the level of, of uh, financial comfort, if you like, that we're comfortable receiving at. So I like to think of this, like, you know, it's like literally like a thermostat that when the thermostat gets, you know, if the, if the thermostat's too high and the heat inside a room gets just too hot, what do we do, right? We're going to turn it back down again. We open up a window. We want to let in some fresh air. Um, equally so, when that point, that financial, you know, thermostat goes too low, what do we want to do? We, we have to kind of, you know, put the heat back up, right? We put a sweater on. We want to get warmer or we turn the heat up. And I was finding, discovering that the same was true with me and money and that there's just as there is that, you know, that temperature that we're comfortable at. And we all have a different temperature in, in, in rooms that I had a financial set point that was unknown to me at the time. But I was very comfortable with that, even though I would have declared that it wasn't exactly what I wanted. But I had a, a level of familiarity with it, a level of comfort with it. And in fact, what would happen is, you know, when there was more coming in, unconsciously, I was actually uncomfortable receiving more and would unconsciously, right, again, all of these things were happening outside of my awareness back then, unconsciously do things to sabotage my, you know, the very things that I said that I wanted. So I was in this cycle, um, you know, that would keep, you know, keep repeating itself where I could kind of generate more and bring more money in, but then something would happen and I'd always find myself in that same financial place of overwhelm or feeling like I needed to play catch up. I then started to take a deeper look into the patterns that existed within my own family and discovered a concept called generational programming. This is essentially patterns that are handed down from families to the next families and can cross generations until somebody becomes aware and wants to make a change. I started to see that there were some patterns that I was just unconsciously following from my own upbringing. And again, nothing inherently bad around some of those patterns. But what was interesting was to discover that I was following them and that they weren't going to be patterns that would help me, you know, create that new financial future that I wanted for myself and start to change the trajectory of the path that I was on. So a couple of things that I discovered there was that women had been stay-at-home mums. In fact, I was a stay-at-home mum myself. I stayed at home with my two kids for 10 years before breaking out alone and going into my own private practice with back then my life coaching practice. Uh, also, women in the family had never aspired to earn the type of money that I was looking to earn. In fact, anybody that had returned to work very much was bringing in supplemental income, money that was meant to support the family, but certainly wasn't looking to lead or be the breadwinner. And then there was this biggie that I uncovered as well for me, that all women before me had been divorced. 
wow, that was really interesting. And all of a sudden, I found that I was tangled up again in the story of love and money from my father all over again. I became really concerned that I had a choice between love or money and that I couldn't have both. I was seriously concerned that getting ahead would threaten my marriage back then because I was going to somehow change the balance of power or the dynamics. And it just, I didn't have any role models for how this looked in my family before me. I was really creating something new. No wonder I was holding myself back. But this was a pattern I was determined to break through. I wanted my own daughter to have a very different experience, particularly when it comes to money, freedom, standing on her own two financial feet and really making choices that were going to be in alignment with her own self-expression and what she truly wanted. And then probably the last piece of the puzzle that started to reveal itself was a big part of my financial puzzle was that I realized during a very powerful coaching session with one of my mentors that I had a deep-seated belief that getting ahead financially meant I needed to become a cold-hearted, uncaring bitch. Honestly, I couldn't even say the B word back then. I had to make peace with a lot of stuff around money. I had to forgive myself for all the poor choices and messes I'd created. And for a long time, I honestly thought it was just me, and I was really embarrassed to share this publicly. Fortunately, things are looking very different today. Sometimes it still feels uncomfortable to talk about money, but I realize I'm not alone, and many women struggle with the same or similar stories and experiences that also need a serious update if they want to get ahead. The truth is women are naturally more generous and philanthropic when they have more money and their families, their communities and their businesses are a lot better for it. It truly is a win for all of us when we learn how to generate, keep and invest more of our hard-earned cash. And the even better news is that neither you nor I need to be a bitch to lead a rich life and to be finally empowered and secure financially.